welcome to Books Are Scary, a horror literature podcast. My name's Allie. I'm Emmy. And today we are here with a very special mini episode in our first one since we've started doing this podcast. And it's going to be covering the Irish folktale of the Banshee. So, Em, what is a Banshee? So, a Banshee is an entity, typically a female ancestor, that serves as a warning of death for her family in Irish folklore. I actually got this story from a book, Irish Fairy Tales, and I got a little bit more information from CelticWeddingRings.com just to go into a little bit more detail. She alerts the family through a supernatural cry in anticipation of death. Actually, you know, I bet you it's kind of like the shrill womanly version of a bullhorn. That's how I imagine this cry is. And it's strongly attached to the family, which could be out of love or anger. Um, it, you can be cursed with becoming a banshee, but it only follows the old families who still live in Ireland. So for example, I'm of Irish descent, but I don't have any family that lives in Ireland still because we all immigrated to America and my family could have had a banshee, but not anymore. And there's an important distinction to remember. They don't serve death. They only communicate the news, so don't shoot the messenger. Mm -hmm. um, and they're either going to lament your death or they're going to celebrate it because they're petty ass bitches. My banshee persona. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just a little tidbit is they were actually first reported in the 8th century. And it was like really big to believe in them back then. But nowadays, it's kind of more of a bedtime scary story. And I bet you that just has to do a lot with immigration was a big thing through the ages. So a lot of the original families aren't there anymore. Mm -hmm. um, she goes by a couple other names also. She goes by the female fairy, the woman of peace, the lady of death, the angel of death, the white lady of sorrow, the nymph of the air, and spirit of air. I like those. And it's so good to think that because like she's doing this really awful loud cry <laughs> and she's like the nymph of the air. <laughs> like, I guess that's why like instead of using all those we usually just call her banshee. Yeah. It's also become kind of like a phrase like whenever I was first introduced with the word it was like man y'all are screaming like banshees to my child self. My, my mother said that to my child self. <laughs> oh man. Every time I think of banshees I actually think of halo and there are these like <laughs> from the very limited time that I played yeah they were these like I feel like it's insulting to say that they were floating segways but that's basically what they were <laughs> floating four-wheeler segways <laughs> that's what that's what they are that's what a banshee is yeah segway to death there are different types of banshees there's the young beautiful banshee the old hag banshee, and there's rumored to be a silent banshee. The young, the young beautiful banshee would appear in either a white or a green dress, probably have long red hair and ethereal and floating and glowing and it's great. It just screams. And then the old hag banshee, which I would like to associate to myself after like not showering for three days and waking up like, a little crusty. A little crusty. Would have oily black or gray hair with a veil covering her face, maybe red eyes. And some reports she can be headless, carrying a bowl of blood, and naked from the waist up. So. 
there's that. And then there's no really reports on what the silent banshee could look like because they're kind of equivalent to Hermes Mm -hmm. where they watch what's going on and then they report back to the family banshee and then that family banshee is the one that does the the wailing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this kind of made me think about what other versions of banshees we've seen in different cultures. Mm -hmm. And I know you and I talked about this a little bit before we started recording, and I was going to ask you if you could talk about La Llorona a little bit. Yeah, so La Llorona is a folktale present in, I know, in Mexico, and I think also some other Latin American countries, or Central American. And she's basically a tale that's kind of like an oral tradition that's been passed down through generation to generation, kind of like you said earlier, a bedtime story. Um, like a scary story you tell over the campfire, but she's based on someone named Maria who was in, you know, a nice marriage. She had a husband, two kids, everything was great. And then her husband cheated. And scandal. Yeah. Out of rage, she drowned her two kids in a local river. And she was so upset with what she did that she went off into the forest and like died of and died of sorrow or starvation or a combination of the two so then she's rumored to be haunting the streets of Mexico and like certain rivers and there are different variations based on location and just where the story finds itself but her thing is luring kids who are at who are like out past their bedtime and luring them to a river to drown them as well or to kill them and she's also known to go through streets and yell mis hijos so like my kids and she finds kids who are out past their bedtime and drowns them. And there are different variations of that story just based on location or who tells the story to who. I asked my dad about this as well, and he was very uninterested, but he said he would do research and he didn't, <laughs> but um, his version is similar. So it's like, it's a pretty general story. It's, you know, found its way into pop culture through that one movie that I've heard is very bad. That came out in like 2016 or something. Yep. <laughs> In the Conjuring world. Yeah. In the Conjuring cinematic universe. Yeah. So yeah, there's different versions of that story, but it's also weeping women. So there's a lot of variations of, you know, crying women throughout different cultures. And whenever I think of women that are like crying and trying to lure people to their deaths, I think of sirens. Mm -hmm. And I know like they're more of singing, but they're still trying to like bring people to their death, which differentiates, but... Mm-hmm. parallels and of course like the story of the odyssey in the odyssey there is odysseus with his ship full of men and they have to cover his eyes and stuff his ears with wax kind of like that mumford and son song the cave just that one line and they are women that are singing and trying to bring them towards these rocks so then their ship falls and scylla and Charybdis can get them and all of that and i'm those may be two different chapters but it's related Mm -hmm. yeah that's what I think of and fun fact totally didn't know this sirens are actually bird women in Greek mythology they're not these voluptuous vicious pointy teeth cannibalistic mermaids (laughs) they're actually bird women whoa (laughs) yeah so I just thought I'd throw that in but this kind of wants me to lean into the conversation about the importance of oral tradition Mm -hmm. because we wouldn't have the story of the Banshee passed down from the 700s if it weren't for oral tradition going over to written tradition. Mm-hmm. So would you actually mind talking to us about what oral tradition is? Um, so oral tradition is basically stories that are passed down from generation to generation 
and like through word of mouth kind of like we said earlier like through songs or over campfires or you know bedtime <laughs> stories um all different kinds of ways that they get passed down also through performance is also something that happens but they're important to culture so an example would be like the odyssey um it's passed down before it was eventually translated and you know made a high school english class yeah reading <laughs> just to kind of add on to that in the odyssey we see some of the traditions that the Greeks had, which is like whenever they welcomed a stranger into their home and and how power was delegated through the home. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was very telling. Yeah, for sure. And there are all different versions of oral traditions, like from Greek mythology to like Bigfoot and Mothman is my personal favorite. I have a bias. <laughs> and even like stories like the Three Little Pigs And through all these, people are able to make omissions and change details to these stories because they're given the freedom of just speaking it orally. Mm -hmm. Um, So like I said, with La Llorona, uh, there are all different versions of that throughout Mexico because it's in different locations. And um, she's given kind of a different story as that story's passed down. But in every one, she's still a crying woman that lures children, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's like not only children, but... Gotcha. So yeah, that's kind of what oral tradition is. So M, would you mind telling us a little bit about folklore? Because I feel like that's also something that ties into oral tradition. Yeah, so oral tradition is the telling of the story, but folklore is the story itself. Mm -hmm. So Banshee is obviously a folklore for the Irish, Mm -hmm. but like an example for America would be like Johnny Appleseed, John Henry, Paul Bunyan, you know, these are stories that capture customs and traditional beliefs from a particular region, and they're typically through fictional or exaggerated details. Um, so for the Paul Bunyan example, he was just a six-foot lumberjack man, but <laughs> it's believed that, like, in his stories, he created the Grand Canyon mm-hmm. and a couple other places. <laughs> Sometimes I really just want to have Paul Bunyan energy. I can't really explain it. Like, I just want to be a six-foot guy in flannel chopping down some stuff with his ox hanging out oh man i want to be the brawny man anyways <laughs> just took up all my issues with my axe <laughs> and my paper towels <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much all we had to tell y'all today but i think that this would be a great time for you to figure out if you're of irish descent or if you're not try to see if you can tie back a version of the banshee to your ancestors. See if you can find your own ladrona, see if you can find your own siren. Because I think that this is an important way for us to get in touch with our own culture and your own origins to kind of figure out what were the oral traditions from your past. And I'm glad that we were able to talk about that today. And Thank you to the Book of Irish Fairy Tales that I found at a Half Price Books for $7. (laughs) It's a collection of a lot of fairy tales, which is super fun. There was one that I actually found called The Bewitched Butter, (laughs) which I thought was such an interesting story and it was only two pages long. But you get to learn about all these different stories and traditions and beliefs that people had. Explore the American traditions. I mean, we mentioned The Three Little Pigs earlier. And that's a story about outwitting, but also being and working smart. Uh, so then people don't, you know, scam you with insurance. Survivor of, <laughs> of the suburbs. 
It's actually a story about insurance fraud. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank y'all for coming to our mini so today. Happy St. Patty's Day. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. And as always, if you'd like to keep up with what we're up to, some goofing and some updates, you can follow our Instagram at Books Are Scary. And if you'd like to email us with any recommendations or comments, just tell us how we're doing or say hello, you can email us at booksarescary at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.